Hey y'all, Allison here. I wanted to quickly thank you for listening to our podcast. I know you're about to get a lot of valuable information from it, but I also wanted to hop in and share with you guys a free SOP, which stands for Standard Operating Procedure. We use this SOP every single day in our agency to authentically grow and engage our audiences on social. It is 1000% free and I'd love for you to have it and use it in your biz as well. So just go to umaimarketing.com slash engage to go download. All right, cheers. Welcome to the Umai Social Circle, where we talk consumer goods marketing tips to help business owners and marketers alike grow. I'm Karen, co-founder of Umai. And I'm Allison, the other co-founder of Umai. And we are diving into the coconut-based yogurt brand, Kulina. So on this episode, we're going to be talking all about Kulina and how this brand utilizes behind the scenes and founder-focused content to really speak to the mission of the brand. Cool. So first up is let's dive into this packaging and try it. Yes, I'm excited to try it. So I have the blueberry lavender. Which flavor do you have? Ooh, I have blue blueberry lavender. I have strawberry rose and I have sour cherry almond. I already ate the, I also got the bourbon vanilla and I already ate it and it was really good. So, <laughs> well, I was, so I was seeing a lot of positive stuff about the sour cherry almonds. So I think I'm going to try Ooh, that one. Right nice, now. nice, nice. So first of all, the packaging, if y'all can see this, is just really gorgeous. It's very, um, I would say feminine. So definitely appeals to the ladies if that's their core customer we don't really know but i would assume so women women do hold the credit cards and (laughs) And this branding is so beautiful i mean i'm sure plenty of dudes pick this up but i feel like as a female shopper i'm picking this up because of how pretty it is yeah yeah exactly so we didn't really talk about so this is kalina is um dairy free so it's coconut based which um I've never really I've seen maybe one other brand that does coconut yogurt that I know of yeah I feel like there's like some trendy social brands that have this coconut based yogurt but I feel like Kulina is definitely one of the ones leading the charge Mm -hmm. so on the packaging on top it says impossibly thick so quality Delightfully dairy-free, speaking to the vegan folks. Super probiotic yogurt, really touching on nutrition and education there. Yeah, that's a a great point. It's really, I think, important on your packaging. And we are definitely not branding experts. That's not what we do. But to point out um, the core, um, like, interests of your customers. So they have vegan, dairy-free, paleo. Those are the three... I guess, subsets that they're trying to hit. It's right there in your face. Yeah, having your customer just like right there on your Mm -hmm. packaging. Mm -hmm. And so mine, it says seven simple ingredients on the outside. Organic coconut, water, organic maple syrup, organic cherries, agar, almond extract, and probiotic cultures. I don't know what agar is. Neither do I. Maybe it's like a sugar... (laughs) Something that binds. I'm not. I'm really not sure. Someone told one, us. 
that's the one thing but i like um i like when people uh stand out if they have limited ingredients i love when they call that out mm-hmm. and i know like on the back it's boost immune health alive and thriving probiotics supports digestive systems so they're giving you your pain points and they're solving them on their packaging right i on the love packaging. that and, and that's just ta- the one side yeah right <laughs> they have a whole other inside which we were saying it's it's kind of like a um it's like a mini homepage. it has um a little note from aaron um a little fact did you know oh it has a recipe it's got it all. Hi, what's your recipe that's on there? I'm sure it's a little bit different than mine. Oh, and then it also has re- how to reuse the glass jars. So mine is a blueberry lavender tart, and it even says from the kitchen of Erin, the founder. So. Oh my gosh, yes. Mine's a sa- sour cherry almond cheesecake. Oh, that sounds good. Um, but yeah, the little founder story is a nice touch, right? Yeah. I love that. It's all, she's, we're talking about how the founder really speaks to the community on social and she's doing it far be far beyond social. It's mm-hmm. right there on her packaging. It's really personal. It's yeah, that's what it is. It's personal. It makes you feel really connected to the brand. You get her kitchen recipes. And on the inside, it's still talking about those key points. It's thick, vegan, gluten-free, paleo, dairy-free, plant-powered. That mm. thick, I'm like, I never really thought of yogurt as like But it, that thickness. is an important thing, right? I guess so. <laughs> I do all... like a thicker yogurt. I never thought about it before, but <laughs> yeah, there they're on to something. <laughs> well, yeah, a website. Um, and then, yeah, mini website. But the, um, the did you know about connecting the gut to the brain, just like that little bit of a science, mm. you know, everything else is so fun. Um, but I like that they're bringing in some, some facts to let you know that this really is an important food to feed your tummy. Yeah, I completely agree. I find like <clears throat> some people just get really, really caught up in like the fun factor, especially mm-hmm. on social, that they don't remember to tie in educational points. And really she she made this yogurt because she needed, she wanted it. She needed it. It wasn't available. That's right. It's, yeah. So what is her story? What is Erin's story? Well, let's let's see. Let's read it here. It says, it all <laughs> began in my kitchen, but I promise we don't make it there anymore and a wink face emoji on the packaging. <laughs> After removing dairy from my diet, my curiosity and passion for food inspired me to create Kalina. Made with whole ingredients and nothing weird, I hope you enjoy this as much as my mom. Oh, Erin. <laughs> I love that. I like Erin. <laughs> yeah, head foodie and CEO. Mm. All right, Erin, let's, tr- let's try it out, shall we? Yeah, let's do it. Oh, yeah. Oh, mine's like all f- kind of foamy in here. I just kind of foamy too. Yeah. Okay. What's the shelf life on these? Um, mine is a uh, December thirtieth, I believe. Oh, so it's a decent shelf life. Okay, I'm ready to taste. This is like moussey. Moussey. Oh, it. Oh, this is a little moussey. Mm-hmm. 
smells like cherries and smells like almonds. That is great. I love how much of the coconut flavor comes through on that. Ooh, sour cherry. That is sour. <laughs> it is? It is sour, yeah, but in a good way, not a bad way. Like, if you like sour things, you'll like this. Mm, the I'm, like getting the, um, I'm not really getting the lavender here, but I also, maybe I can smell it. No. So you're getting a lot of blueberry and coconut? I'm getting a lot of coconut, which I love because coconut's like my favorite thing ever. And a little bit, yeah, I'm getting a little bit of tartness from the blueberry, but I'm not really, I'm not really sure what a lavender would taste like no. anyway. Taste the so, way it smells, I suppose. So, <laughs> maybe it's a lavender color. I, I'm not sure. What are the ingredients on the blueberry lavender? So we have organic coconut water, organic blueberries, which we're going to get into that, the actual using organic blueberries, organic maple syrup, syrup agar, lavender oil, mm. and probiotic cultures. Okay. And she okay. talks so much about the probiotic cultures. Mm -hmm. We'll talk about that more when we talk about all the education that she shares, but it's just like, she's stressing it so much because it's lacking in so many other competitive brands and subsets. Mm -hmm. So I love that she calls attention to it as much as possible. She's like, we kill it with this and you mm -hmm. need to pay attention. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I really love when a food is like not only delicious, but actually is like doing something really great for your body mm -hmm. as well. And not a lot of people um, can utilize, you know, something as powerful as having probiotics in their mm -hmm. in their foods definitely and so, when you can utilize it utilize it as much as possible go all in mm -hmm. so it was really bubbly and moussey at the beginning but now that i'm halfway in it's so creamy it's so creamy and indeed but, very thick yeah but mine is mine is like a it's it feels moussey still but oh, i really? like it hmm. yeah Super light. It's more of like a Greek yogurt um, thickness. Yeah. Um, but well, I guess a little bit lighter. A little bit or even like a dessert that's super, super thick that you just like cut into. This is like, I would eat this for dessert 100%. Mm -hmm. If they have a chocolate one, I'm in. They must. They have so many flavors. They just came out with fall it. flavors too. Ooh. Oh, I love when people do that. Is it just their seasonal? I think it's their seasonal. And she, I was reading that when she had her pop-up at a farmer's market, her booth at a farmer's market, she sold out in 30 minutes whenever she had this like pumpkin spice. <laughs> oh, a pumpkin spice. That's your moneymaker right Classic. there. <laughs> Classic. Okay. Let's, um, I want to hear more about like their education and what they're doing on, on social. Yeah. Let's go to their social feed. So we're going to focus on Instagram because that is like their community. It's really where their target demographic lives and engages on and they just kill it. Their engagement is so high. Their feed is beautiful. They have such good content. Let's dive into it. So starting from the top, right, we're looking at their bio. And that is introducing the brand to 
everybody that comes to this page. So many people are going to discover Kalina this way. So you've got to make your bio super informative. So the five-ish things that we look for in a bio, right? We want a really straightforward username. Check. They got it. It's just Kalina Yogurt. Two, they want a super keyword rich headline. So right now their headline is just Kulina Yogurt, which is fine. That's what a lot of brands do because they don't know this trick. So instead of Kulina Yogurt, because that's how people will search, you're, you're kind of saying only people that know about my brand name can search me. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Try doing something like plant-based foods you know, something searchable that has to do with your brand that like if plant-based people wanted to find you, mm. they can search and you'd pop up. So could they do like Colina yogurt plant-based foods? Like, could they do that super long headline or is that too much? I think, I mean, that's a good note. Maybe just putting plant-based foods first or like, so there's, everyone can search all of it. Yeah, see it first and then have Kalina Yogurt. I mean, your headline or your your username is already Kalina Yogurt, which is perfect. But mm -hmm. having that searchable term within the headline is always a good fun way to get new people to search your brand. That's really cool. Yeah. I like and that you can search that and that's what pops up is the headline. Is right. They're searching. Yeah. <clears throat> and then the actual bio, the actual meat is just like the why behind your brand. So they have chronicling the adventures of a small women-owned, love it, plant-based food company. And that kind of leaves it open-ended to my understanding that, you know, they're keeping their options open and maybe mm -hmm. in the future they move beyond yogurt. So they're kind of, they're, they're really identifying oh. with plant-based foods. Okay. And I love it. Oh, I did not realize that. Okay. They're not yeah. pigeonholed inside yogurt. They're okay. Cool. Yeah. So that was, and that's something that I learned from Vital Farms. Their mission was bringing ethically and sustainably produced food to the table. It was never about eggs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was never just about eggs. And now look at, look at them. They have dairy, they have butter, they have, I'm sure more things coming, you know? Mm -hmm. So I like how they didn't pigeonhole themselves right there. And then they touch on all those points, dairy-free, super probiotic, low sugar, vegan, and paleo, mm -hmm. covering the basis. Their main points, right? Mm -hmm. And then they have their link. The only thing I'm missing that they could have is a call to action, like right under paleo, right above their link. They could just be like, learn more about us and have like some fingers pointing down just so people right. can be encouraged to press it. Not sure how many characters they have left in their bio but all in all awesome yeah so you said um that they have great engagement rates do you know what it is and and what is a good engagement rate for social hmm. so this is kind of intuitive obviously we can do the math you can also put it into some kind of software or whatever one you have i don't know we'll calculate it for you but when i look at engagement rates i'm like okay this brand has 27,000 followers and I'm scrolling through their first post has about 360 engagements on it. Their next one has more than a thousand. Mm. The next one after that has 560 with 67 likes or 67 comments. And 
I can't do fast math. I can cross multiply. (laughs) (laughs) I can cross multiply and figure it out. But I know that this engagement's high because of how how modest and excellent their follower count is. So 27,000 followers is amazing and excellent, but it's not 100,000. It's not 200,000. So it's easy to be able to calculate that fairly easily. And what's a good engagement rate? What what should people be shooting for? A good engagement rate, it depends on how many followers you have. Of course, if you have 500 followers, your engagement rate can be 10%. And that's mostly because you have a limited amount of followers and Instagram is delivering your content to most of them. And Mm -hmm. to be honest, there's probably a lot of your friends and family. (laughs) And so when you're at this kind of level, about 27, even like 15 to 40,000 followers, if you have a one to 2% engagement rate, you're doing great. You're doing good. If you have over a 2% engagement rate, you're killing it. Your community is active. They love what you're posting. They want to talk to you. And my fast math, if you give me. Were you doing that in your head? <laughs> no. <time? laughs> I like, wish. I'm impressed. You can talk and just do like math. A, just like a math whiz. <laughs> Put it into the calculator. Right. Do you, um, is, are you able to tell if any of these are boosted? So, I mean, I've visited their pages before and I've never been targeted or retargeted. So, I mean, I'm just seeing a thousand likes and like 75 comments on their latest post. And I mean, that's amazing if that's all organic. That's a lot. Right. I mean, I want to think it is. I want to think it's organic because it it fluctuates so much and none of it's like crazy extreme. You'll always see like if a brand has 15,000 followers and one, most of the posts have like 50 likes on it and then one has like 4,000. It's just like very obvious which ones, which ones have been boosted and put money behind. Um, But my impulse is that maybe a few are, but I feel like this is mostly organic. It's all about yeah, 300 to 500, some are a little higher range. Mm-hmm. And so I did the, I did the math. And so if I'm averaging this out at like 600 engagements a post, that is a, with 27,000 followers, like a 2.2 engagement rate. So like I just said, one to two is great. It's good. Over two, you're, you're kind of killing it. So they're in the <laughs> kind of killing it. Stage. So just for everyone, how did you um, calculate engagement rate. So I'm not going in and adding everything up, but if you wanted to, so like take your top and you're doing this without software, you're doing it manually, take the top, I don't know, 10 posts, add up all the engagements together. So add up the likes, the comments, the shares, the saves, you can see all of that in your back end. add those up with all the 10 posts, divide it by 10 to get your average engagement on those posts. And then cross multiply by your 27,000 followers. And that just gives you your percent engagement rate. Mm-hmm. Okay. Math. Math. Mm-hmm. But you okay. can buy software. Yeah. Or you can you. do that. <laughs> um, okay. So let's like, what are, what is she talking about in the feed? What are her main education points? Yeah. So what I am seeing a lot of is number one, just like we saw on the packaging, 
probiotics and educating on probiotics and how a lot of them don't live from your mouth to your gut mm-hmm. and how these do, I'm like, oh, this tastes delicious and like gut health. <laughs> and like, <laughs> I don't trust other brands that aren't telling me the same thing because it's probably not surviving that path. Yeah. Okay. So she's saying that her probiotics are like better probiotics because they actually stay alive. Yeah. And everyone else is just using the term to sell their product by saying we have probiotics, but most likely you're not getting any benefit from it. Right. So like during the process of like creating the product, I'm not a nutritionist. I don't know a lot about this, (laughs) but I'm assuming that a lot of that is lost in the creation of the product, but it's not lost in hers. And she tells you often which is great. Yeah, that is great. And, and that's a really cool thing about smaller owned businesses. The founder is so on top of the process and making sure that (laughs) it's actually quality still. And so I love that she is aware of that and is letting their fans know. Mm -hmm. And even if you aren't, even if you're a founder and you've passed this task off to Mm -hmm. an agency like ours or a social media coordinator or marketing manager, whoever is managing it for you, having that open line of communication where you are constantly keeping them up to date on what's going on, being super transparent with the whole process of your food, you're going to get better social content. So even if you're not the founder doing this yourself, communicate often Mm -hmm. with the person who's doing it. Awesome. And then other stuff that I see her doing, super founder focused, are the behind the scenes. So whenever there's like a new flavor, I saw a post that was just like new flavors alert. She's talking about these flavors being exclusive at Sprouts. And I got some of these that are exclusive exclusive at Sprouts. Yeah. She's like, just really simply not thinking too much about this, but creating a video in her kitchen where she's shouting out her retailer and talking about these these new exclusive SKUs. That's awesome. And I'm sure Sprouts really love that support. <laughs> she actually tagged them in it. So they mm-hmm. most likely saw it and, and any retailer is going to love getting things moving off shelf. So yeah, that is such a good call to always hype your retailers as much as possible. It's so hard sometimes because you're like, I don't want to give one too much love than the other, Mm -hmm. but it really depends on like what they're doing for you too and how bad you need to stay on that shelf. Right. (laughs) So Allison also does advertising for retailers. So if she wanted to advertise this, like what would, how would you do it? How would I advertise it? Yeah. Like how would you advertise these new SKUs available at Sprouts? Yeah. So what I, what I think is really cool. So there's so many ways to, um, choose creatives for retailers. And I think, um, Karen, you're actually going to talk about a lot of content that you can create for retailers, but there's nothing better than a UGC, um, looking campaign because that is so native on the Facebook and Instagram feed. So the fact that the founder just got on a simple video in her kitchen and is talking about the product, she's probably the most knowledgeable about them. That is the perfect ad to run. Mm. And all you have to do for retailer ads is target those people that live 
right around those sprout locations. It's called geotargeting with this video and you would have a rock solid campaign. Mm. So Aaron, you should be using this video in a sprouts <laughs> campaign, geotargeting. Geotarget. If you aren't already. Yes. If that's you're not awesome. already sold out. <laughs> it probably is. I mean, I feel yeah. like this was like one of the last ones on the shelf. Awesome. And then other content that I love that she does with behind the scenes is super just like community-based content. What I mean by that is she's not shoving the product down your throat. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so like she'll post about a farmer's market hall where she gets this new vegetable or new fruit and she asks her community, how should I use it? And things like that. It has nothing to do with her product, but everything at the same time, everything to do with her brand at the same time, you right. know? Yeah. And I feel like that's such, people get so like obsessed with sharing, shoving product down people's throat, I guess. And it's not fun to follow an Instagram account or Facebook newsfeed and all you're doing is product, product, product benefit, product pain point, blah, blah, blah. So this is something that I think a lot of people might not realize that they can do and should do. Um, we were talking earlier, Erin, the owner, is most likely the, the core demographic of her customer too. So if she likes going to farmer's markets, her customers probably like going to farmer's markets too. So if you're, I mean, what do you think, Karen? If, if you're the demographic of your customer, what else can you share with people? Right. It's like, that's what you have to think about. It's like, what you like is probably so close to what your demographic likes because usually what we see most of is that the founder, co-founder, leadership, not really the leadership, I take that back, but like the co-founder or founder of a company is usually creating a product that they, mm -hmm. didn't they couldn't find themselves and so they created it for themselves. Mm -hmm. And it just so happens that a lot of other people are similar to them. Right. So thinking of all the things that you really love to do, it's exactly what she does. This, in a lot of ways, it kind of seems like her personal feed to be yeah. completely oh, yeah. honest. Yeah, definitely. Like she even signs off her name on some posts. Not all of them, but I on love some. That. It's so personal. So, do you think she's actually writing and do you think she's in charge of her social feeds? I honestly no don't know. know. It's very clear that she was at the beginning. <laughs> But I feel like since her yeah. team is bigger, I think she said she has 10 people on her team now. Maybe she has somebody nice. helping her. Maybe she, I'm not, I'm not sure, That's but. a lot of work. <laughs> right? But some people, it just comes naturally to them. And mm. I'm not saying that this going to come naturally to everybody else and what your bandwidth is, how long it takes you to get certain things done on social. So don't expect everybody to do this, but if she is rocking it herself, she's killing it. So how how can founders at small companies without any help, what can they do to, um, I guess, run their social in a more engaging way? Yeah. So what we really always preach here at UMI with all of our clients and with all of the discovery calls we take with potential brands is you need to establish your messaging buckets. People call them content pillars, content buckets. I don't care what you call it. <laughs> I call it messaging buckets, so I'm going to continue doing that. And within those messaging buckets, you'll have subtopics. So depending on your brand, 
you know, if we're looking at Kulina, her messaging bucket, as some of her messaging buckets, she has a retailer one where she shouts out retailers, just like that Sprouts one. She has an education one where she talks about probiotics. She talks about nutrition. There is a community one where she talks about her farmer's market hauls. There's a product one where she talks about her actual products. So just looking at those four really quickly, within those messaging buckets are so many subtopics. So let's take the education one, for instance. She's talking about probiotics. That's a subtopic. She's talking about general nutrition. That's a subtopic. She's creating subtopics within these messaging buckets. I'm not sure if she has these written down, but it's so intuitive for her. But if it's not intuitive mm -hmm. for you, get these written down somewhere so that you can keep your content super varied. So you mm -hmm. always have something new to talk about. And it's just the easiest way to stay on top of your content creation. And how do you feel about founders showing face? Is it a must? What if you're camera shy? What do you do? <laughs> yeah, she's egging me on because we both believe that you have to get your face on camera. You do. You, I mean, you don't have to, but you should, especially if your brand is newer and you're still establishing yourself. Being able to put a face to a brand name is so powerful for consumers these days. It's mm -hmm. like Coca-Cola is not doing it. Right. Fritos One is thing not you got to over Coca-Cola. <laughs> yeah. Who, who you, runs Coca-Cola? Nobody knows. Exactly. You, I don't know one name at Coca-Cola that's not just like the, I can't even think of a title because there's a million of them. So it's just like you have this opportunity to be so personal Mm -hmm. with the people that consume your product and that you is also such a powerful know the thing. most about your product yes. you know the most <laughs> yeah you probably can say it better than anyone on your team mm -hmm. um but that being said it is hard it's it not, is hard it's hard to be natural on camera and post things that maybe twenty seven thousand people are gonna see right. and look at like that's hard and the bigger you get and the bigger these numbers get, it's like even more intimidating. Mm -hmm. And we used to have a client who the story, the why behind her brand was so, so strong to her culture, mm -hmm. but she was really shy and didn't want to come on camera unless you made it super easy for her. So we tried as much as we can, we could to make it super easy for her because every time she showed face on the feed, those engagement rates were through the roof. Yeah. People so just it's like, it. If you can't do it all the time, try and fit it in like twice a month. And if you don't want to just be on your feed, be in your stories, show us behind the scenes, give us the juice, tell us what's going on. Yeah, stories go away after 24 hours. So no pressure. <laughs> that's a great, that's actually a great place to start practicing. And then once you feel, you know, on it, post it on the feed. Okay. So let's talk about um, their mission. Mm -hmm. because they have these awesome glass jars. So um, what do they talk about with that? That's so mission. I kind of put that under the community bucket. So if community was one of your messaging buckets, sustainability, your mission, that's under it for me. And so what I love is that she is constantly talking about sustainability and repurposing jars. So like she has one where she put her herb clippings in it and it's in her fridge. She has one where she's like making 
teeth whitener with an influencer. By the way, I put some, I did that with my chart, my other You did? And I put them, I was like, is this really going to work in the fridge? And it's just kind of dying in there. So maybe it's a certain type of herb that you need to use. I'm not really sure. That's how I store my herbs. What herb are you using? Um, I think it was a basil. I, it was from one of my pho boxes. <laughs> oh, was, you know, not as freshy fresh. Yeah, I do it with cilantro and it works. And I'm going to do it with these because these are the perfect size. Yeah. Okay. Like you can make candles out of them. I saw somebody comment that they were going to be making candles. Like, come on. Yeah, when do you it's perfect like, for a little candle. Yes. So other things that she'll really touch on is quality quality of the product, quality of the ingredients. And she, within her education bucket, she's talking about like how they use fresh fruit instead of processed shelf stable ingredients that the other guys, the other guys use. And I mean, that's a direct comparison, right? Like those comparison photos, mm -hmm. comparison ads, they do so well, but she's just calling them out in the copy. Yeah. And I think that's just because, like, people need to see visually a lot of times, like, this is why we are better, like, compared to this. Um, she does it a lot in her copy, though, too. Yeah, I think that's an opportunity, though, to make it more visual, mm -hmm. especially with ads, because, I mean, a side-by-side -side comparison, she's saying it in her copy, but listing it, you know, like, Olipop does a great job of this. I mean, so many brands do a great yeah. job of this. And there's a reason so many brands are doing it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I love all those mission-based reminders. So the sustainability using glass instead of single-use plastic. It is so hard to ship refrigerated glass. <laughs> yeah. It's any, expensive. <laughs> yeah. Any CPG, anyone will agree that refrig refrigerated glass is just the hardest thing ever yeah. Ship. And she's doing it and she's going the extra mile. And that's why they're a little bit more expensive because of the sustainability. And that is what resonates with her and her target right. demographic. Right. That's exactly right. Like, um, people who buy Kalina care that it's glass. Mm -hmm. That's, that is a selling point in its own that it's in a glass jar versus plastic. Heck yes. And I'm going to reuse this is my second one. I am definitely going to be reusing these jars. Yeah, I need yes, to get I some cilantro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, what I really respect about her too, which a lot of brands are kind of scared to do this, is that she calls out those larger yogurt brands. She's like, you're yeah. using plastic and you're using is she like tagging, ingredients? tagging no. them? <laughs> I don't think she's tagging them. I don't, I don't know if I've ever seen a brand do that. Have you? Oh gosh. No, I would be terrified to do that. But it, so sh is she saying their name though in the no. copy or is she just being vague? Okay. Yeah, she's being vague. She's like the other guys, but it's like, we know who you're talking mm, okay. about. There's not that many. <laughs> right. And she's incorporating this new hashtag. It's hashtag Coolina Clean. I think I've only seen it on two posts, but they are stressing the mission of quality mm -hmm. ingredient sustainability. So the two posts that they're tagged on right now, one is about the quality of the product and the ingredients, and one is about single-use plastic. Yeah, so. and, and honestly, these are things that I would not know about other yogurt brands or 
um, like that they're not using fresh organic ingredients and things like that. Like it's easy as a founder or um, when you're working with a company for so long to forget that these little facts, not everyone knows and that you still need to share these and share Mm -hmm. them often with people because I would have never known that. Yeah. And we all do it. We forget the key points, even if we have our messaging buckets written down, which is more Mm -hmm. of a reason for you to do it. Yeah. Knowledge is, is a curse sometimes. (laughs) So just coming back to your mission in your social content, throughout your content, no matter what messaging bucket you're on, it's so vital to help build that community of people that are advocates of your brand that will continue to use your brand. Their lifetime value is so large because they will, they're so loyal to you. So tell your followers, tell them often, talk about how sustainable you are, how nutritious you are, what sets you apart from the competitors. Keep them buying your product, you know? Absolutely. People want something delicious. It's good for them. And the fact that they can feel good about buying it because it's not going into trash. So, right. I'd love feeling good about myself. (laughs) Okay. This retailer announcement, you need to talk about this. What is it? So this was recent. What was this? Like a day ago, two days ago, (laughs) two days ago. This is, it's so good. (laughs) This is the best retailer announcement I've seen maybe ever. See this. Yeah, show them. It's The Rock holding Kalina. And I'm like, okay, did The Rock give him a shout out? Like, what is this? And the copy is, in case you missed it over the weekend, the Rockies love us. And they're they're just talking about being in the Rocky Mountain region of Whole Foods. But it caught my attention so quickly, more than anything else would have. And I was yeah. just like, what in the world? So I'm obsessed with this retailer call out. This I don't know how you can get smartest. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know how you can get that clever with all the regions of Whole Foods, but yeah. I'm sure they'll try. Um, but also what they're doing um, with that post. So pop over to your local Whole Foods, run, don't walk to the yogurt section, snap a photo of us and tag us in your stories. And then they will um, send you a free coupon. They're sending a free coupon with that? Yes. So it says no catch, just literally free yogurts. And then it lists all the cities that it's in, the Whole Foods that they're in. So do you think that they're just trying to like obviously build brand awareness through UGC and then also are they getting content or what do you think their MO? I love that so much. Mm -hmm. I didn't even notice that the first time around because I was uh, laughing at, at the rock, the rock. <laughs> staring but at the rock. so we call it a shelfie right like a mm-hmm. selfie at the shelf a shelfie so a lot of people do campaigns that are go to your store snap a shelfie tag us in it and we'll pick one winner or something but they just one-upped it and they're saying if you tag us in it we're sending you free coupons so this mm-hmm. is i mean this is a big endeavor i don't exactly know what they're doing i don't know if they're sending printout coupons i'm assuming uh, so it's a, it's a big endeavor, but I also like how they're putting all of the cities in there. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, something to note with a lot. I mean, we do it sometimes where we're like, we're available in the South region and people are like, 
what region am I yeah. in? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so having that laid out right there. Instead of having to go and click on the site or the link to go to the site to look at the store locator, it's just like, bam, there's my city. I love right, that. Right in the copy. So yeah, I'm so interested in this. If they're just trying to get product to move off the shelf, so Whole mm. Foods is is favoring them or is it for content? Is it for all of it? Is it just a really smart campaign? I don't, I don't know if it's for content UGC because I don't know how much of it's going to be shared. My instinct is that when you get into a new retailer or a new region, like a, a buyer brings you into a new region, you need to prove your worth there. You need to prove that you have customers that are going to purchase from that mm-hmm. store. And so getting them in the store with an incentive is the best way of doing it. Other than our geo-targeted ads, of course, where we're getting a lot of brand awareness out. You can pull both levers. Ooh, pull them More both. More efficient. <laughs> yes. Pull them both. Yeah. For sure. And if you have a big email list and you have it segmented for from where people live, where people are located, send an email mm-hmm. out. If there's not that many people, then that's okay. You have 20, what, 27,000 followers. I guarantee a good number of those are within driving distance of those stores. So right. I love and, the campaign. And like we said earlier, retailers love to be called out and love to see that you're actually putting effort into helping them sell. For sure. Like with ours, when we ever have retailer shout outs for a brand or we have those geo-targeted campaigns, we'll always put a one pager together for that retailer so that we can share that information with the buyer. It's like, hey, we spent money getting Mm -hmm. people to the store. Yeah. We're we're trying here. (laughs) And yeah, it all goes together. So a lot of times marketing and sales, like, think they butt heads but it's like marketing is helping the sales people and vice versa and it's like a full-on efficient marketing machine and it all goes together we all have this same end goal here that's the slang products Mm -hmm. and that is such a good point I that's so true that marketing teams and sales teams are kind of like hey why didn't you do this? Hey, mm-hmm. why'd you do that too soon? You know, it's always like this battle, but it's like, mm-hmm. if you're communicating well between those two departments, you're gonna kill it. You gotta communicate. And you should be talking to, if you're a marketer, you need to be talking to yourselves and whoever else you can talk to. That's part of the company. Um, definitely. We, we like have shared calendars and everything with our sales teams. Yeah. You got to know when you're on promo. You got to know when you have a launch. So stay in tune. And obviously if Erin's still doing this, she's able to do that pretty darn easily. She knows exactly what's happening. So, and other retailer announcements. So yeah, this (laughs) imposing a huge jar of yogurt into the rocks cradling arms might not be within your pay grade of abilities with Photoshop or knowing somebody who can do that. So other retailer announcement options, we love utilizing, you know, get a re- get your retailer logo and a, and a photo, like a PNG transparent background of your product and impose those together, blast that. Even more simply, get a photo of your product in front of the store. So literally just holding up the product in front of the store. And we utilize that a lot for organic and for ads. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so what you can see in the photo is a lot of times it's just a hand holding the product and you can see Whole Foods or H-E-B or Kroger 
in the background. So people automatically see their whole foods in their head. They know to drive there and pick up that product. Um, and like we were saying earlier, the UGC, if you ever have, if you're ever running an influencer program, small or large, if you can ever get a influencer or even someone on your team inside the store, like right on the shelf where the product is, a face is great in the composition, but um, a hand will do it too. Those work really, really well. And if, you know, if you're not, if you don't have any availability to fly across the country, you don't have any team members that are out there, send, find an influencer, give them a couple dollars, send them mm -hmm. the product, see what, see what you can do with a little bit of a budget. So I do want to dive in. We haven't mentioned it yet, but their very graceful shift in packaging. So the first time I discovered Kalina, it was in the co-working space that we used to co-work out of. And it was in the most beautiful little terracotta pot. It looked like a little pot it's for amazing. a seedling. And if you go far enough in their feed, you'll see it. And I, I really feel like that was the first thing that popped off the shelf and immediately got people going like, oh, I got to buy that. It was so innovative. Mm -hmm. I had ne I've never seen something quite like that. And, and who doesn't need a million little terracotta <laughs> plants for their little succulents? I mean, <laughs> right. It was, I mean, yeah. sustainability from the get go, obviously yeah. that wasn't scalable, but the shift, when you go back in their feed, it's astounding the way from the last terracotta post to the first glass jar, the glass jars they use now post, mm -hmm. there's no like mention of it. So I'm guessing there might've been, it could have been archived or it could have been in the stories. I wasn't following them at that time, but all you see is like, there's a terracotta pot. And now the first thing that they talk about in the first few posts is how to reuse the glass jars. Mm -hmm. So instantly being like unapologetic about getting rid of it and saying, here, look at all of these amazing ways to use our new packaging so that you forget about the shift. Yeah. They didn't really overthink it. They could yeah. have made a bigger deal that would have been a hoopla, <laughs> but yeah, they just jumped right into like, this is how you use this jar now. Mm-hmm. And they do it still. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I don't see anybody complaining about it. So I love that shift. And then another thing I really love seeing them do is all of the recipe content. So I would give recipe its own messaging bucket for them because there's so much of it. <laughs> there are so many recipes that they have with the yogurt in it that mm -hmm. has nothing like you see it and you're like there's no yogurt in that but there is because yogurt is such a vers versatile ingredient and i love that so one thing that i love even more than them sharing recipes is the fact that they put these recipes on their blog on their website right like that's so smart <laughs> for a brand that's well loved and people utilize the product a lot and organically create this content for you Instead of, you know, reposting it as UGC, which is perfect, but asking them for permission and putting it on your website for more SEO power. Exactly. Like now you have, yeah, additional. I love when people are able to take one piece of content and make five pieces of content. I think mm. that's exactly how you should be thinking if you're trying to market your brand. 
and that's what they did. And also, I mean, obviously it's delicious eating this way, but to give people so many more opportunities to use their product, I'm sure it's, it's help in sales. <laughs> oh yeah. And it's so drool worthy. Like the fourth post down right now is a gluten-free vegan right up front. It tells you just mm-hmm. as she does on her packaging, chocolate cinnamon rolls. I'm like, yum. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I will. Yeah. That's like, you're getting all of it right there. It's gotta be healthy, right? If it's gluten-free. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah. That's, that's exactly the mindset. It's like, oh, this is healthy, but it's healthier. And that's right. a fact. It's healthier than the garbage alternative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm down for that. And I'm in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So love um, how they add the recipes on there. And then the last thing that I really want to touch on. What's that? It's the biggest thing on their feed that I've seen. Oh, like, yeah. unbelievable. <laughs> so Lizzo. Lizzo. The star of the show. Mm-hmm. What the, okay, so here's a rundown of what my Instagram research told me. Is that Lizzo posted a TikTok, and she repurposed on her Instagram, of, like, her favorite products. I guess she's vegan. I didn't know that. But it was her yeah, favorite vegan products. And Kalina, lucky them, was the first product that showed up. And a lot of the other ones didn't even have, like, labels on it. But... A uh, testament to how beautiful the label is and how people you want show to the label. share it. Mm-hmm. She posted about it and they capitalized on it so beautifully. I they can't. created a custom label for yeah. Lizzo. But can, okay, can you just imagine owning your dairy-free yogurt plant-based brand and Lizzo just out of the blue posts about you? I mean, that's amazing. It's like, what? Think about that. Like, think about whoever is listening to this. Think about yourself and your brand and then a star of that caliber and that influence Mm -hmm. talks about it and you didn't have to pay one cent for it. It's like, that is so amazing. (laughs) Like, I want to know how many sales generated just from that. And I, it has to do a lot with branding. I mean, yeah. you see this on the shelf and you're like, that's so cute. I must have it. <laughs> yeah. Must have. So very important aspect. Incredible. It's so incredible. And like the one, the label, the custom label they did, I don't know how fast the turnaround time is, was, but it probably was fairly fast to keep that buzz generated. And she posted mm-hmm. about, she posted about it. Uh, again that's like one of the surefire ways to get an influencer all in on your product is to like slap their name on it (laughs) right so they made a custom lizzo product um yogurt called the juice it's got her face on it so it says the brand name and above the normal label it says cultured with probiotics and on top of the the juice lizzo one it's lizzo be eaten kulina the I can't see that. I can't see that far. <laughs> I know. I wish, wish, wish I could see the oh, whole packaging funny. on this. God, that's good. So good. I'm so curious yeah. what the flavor is. I know, right? Did they just put it on their like bourbon vanilla? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but so Lizzo posted again, obviously, because she gets now a custom clean of flavor. So she 
posted twice. <laughs> right. Probably without being paid, right? I mean, yeah, definitely. I do not, I can, yeah. I would be so surprised if this, they, they paid a cent for this. This seems really authentic and organic to me. And uh, it's just like so fantastic. I, I'm just really happy for them, for her, for Aaron, <laughs> because that's just such a hit, you know? Like we had, for another client of ours, we had Tabitha Brown. I am Tabitha Brown, which is one of my favorite influencers. We had her post about it. Her influence mm -hmm. is a fraction of Lizzo's and the results from it were phenomenal. Right. So you can only imagine what happened when Lizzo <laughs> posted about it. So do we know when Lizzo posted? Have, did you see like a, a difference in engagement like a and followers? Yeah. Oh, difference in engagement and I'm followers. I'm just curious if there's a way to measure how, if we can tell people how impactful Ooh, that that's a good call. Honestly, I can't quite tell a difference right off the bat, so I'm not sure, but I wish we could ask her, hey, What'd that, what'd that lift look like, Erin? that look? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I want to see those numbers from X date to X date. Absolutely. What a great brand. What a delicious product. What a delicious product. Are you done with yours? Um, I, I am almost done. I'm definitely going to finish, though, so. I'm finishing up. Erin? This, this is single serving, right? <laughs> yeah, surely. Okay, we're good. <laughs> if not, I'm eating all of it. Thank you, Erin, for a delicious product. Kudos. Yes, thank you. On whoever did, whoever did your branding. It's gorgeous. And, you know, keep killing it with that, 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 those founder features, the behind the scenes, the, Absolutely. the juice, if you will. Give us the juice. Alrighty, y'all. That was our Umai Social Circle on Kalina. We, uh, covered everything that we could tell you about Kalina definitely check them out at Kalina Yogurt on Instagram and see how you can apply some of their tactics to your feeds yeah and enjoy bye y'all my social circle is a CPG agency driven podcast based out of Austin Texas we're excited to share more behind the scene insights chats with industry leaders and whatever else we learn along the way follow us on Instagram at Umai Marketing or check out our website umaymarketing.com. Catch you back here soon.